Thank you, Stephanie, and thank you, Cynthia. And I want to welcome you uh, for joining us, and thank you for joining us online as we come to you from our worship center, but on the weekend of Hurricane Florence. And uh, this is our, as Cynthia mentioned, our third year um, broadcasting some sort of live uh, message on a Sunday morning due to a hurricane uh, or a hurricane evacuation. I, um, I grew up in Florida for part of my growing up, so I'm familiar with the devastation and destruction that hurricanes can bring. But never in a million years did I think that for three years in a row we would be holding a live online service because of a hurricane. And as a matter of fact, when we moved to the South Carolina Low Country back in 2007, uh, someone remarked to me, actually many people remarked to me, uh, don't worry about hurricanes, they, they hit every hundred years here in Hilton Head. And uh, I, I'd like to remind those people who told me that, that uh, just three years ago in 2016, we were hit by Tropical Storm Hermine, we were hit by a devastating Hurricane Matthew, and uh, we all had to evacuate. Many of you evacuated for uh, a week or more. Um, and then uh, last year, we were hit by the floods and the high tides of Hurricane Irma uh, and Tropical Storm Irma. And of course, here we are on this weekend, on this Sunday, September 16, 2018, for three years in a row, our lives have been turned upside down because of a hurricane. And I'm thankful today for Hilton Head because what was a potentially catastrophic threat here ended up not being that. It, didn't, it wasn't that for places really south of Charleston. But I want to encourage those of you who are listening and who are with us live this morning to be praying for our friends north of here, our friends up on the northern part of our state on the coastline of South Carolina up in the Myrtle Beach area and Wilmington. And, and I want to remind you to be praying for the devastation. As many of you know, there were, uh, it sounds like uh, a dozen or so who lost their lives because of Hurricane Florence. And um, we need to be praying for the families who are affected uh, by Hurricane Florence this week. Part of the reason that we're here today, part of the reason that I'm coming to you live and we don't have a, a room filled with people and we're not having our regular in-person services uh, this Sunday is because of the, the chaos and the confusion that the potential of Hurricane Florence uh, caused this week. Uh, I realize that many of you who are listening um, here today and, and you're, you're with us today live, um, your lives were kind of turned upside down this week even though we didn't receive a direct hit from Hurricane Florence. Uh, I've heard a lot of different stories um, because on Monday of this past week, our governor here in South Carolina he ordered an evacuation, uh, Governor McMaster's ordered an evacuation of all the coastal counties of South Carolina. That includes us, the southernmost county in South Carolina. And uh, so most of us spent all day Monday preparing for uh, this hurricane, uh, only to find out on Tuesday, uh, less than 24 hours later, that it looked like the track wasn't going to come this far south, and uh, Governor McMaster's rescinded uh, the order to evacuate. So most of you, myself included, spent Tuesday thinking about staying here and uh, spend most of our day on Tuesday really uh, undoing the work that we did 
the day before. And so uh, then right about the same time, uh, we found out that this hurricane was going to make this great, crazy, unusual jump from Wilmington down to right here in, and it looked like we were going to be kind of ground zero for uh, Hurricane Florence. And uh, quite honestly, just chaos ensued. And I realized that some of you got in your car on Monday, drove towards a destination to evacuate from, from here, uh, found out that there was a rescinding of that evacuation order, and drove back here only to realize within the next day that we possibly were the target of Hurricane Florence, and many of you evacuated. And so um, I, I'm sure that chaos has reigned and confusion has reigned in your week. In, in fact, that's one of the reasons we're here today. That's one of the reasons we're doing this live streaming is, is because it takes about 60 people, uh, 60 volunteers and staff for us to be able to have a, a full service. Uh, and of course, today is beautiful and sunny in Hilton Head, uh, just kind of a light breeze. We had a little bit of drizzle last night. That was about it. Um, and, and everything seems to be okay. But because of the threat and because of all of our volunteers and staff being in places that they weren't sure that they could get back to, uh, we made the decision uh, to go ahead and live stream today's service. And uh, when one or two of our volunteers are gone, uh, it's fine, we can substitute, but when dozens and dozens uh, weren't sure that they were going to be able to be here on Thursday, we made the decision uh, to come to you live. And I'm so thankful for technology, I'm so thankful that we can do this today. But one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today is this idea of finding order in the confusion. I had to chuckle this week as we watched kind of the sensationalism of, of this storm and many things that you see on TV. And uh, I don't blame Governor McMasters at all. In fact, uh, I really applaud him for showing strong leadership, albeit maybe a little bit too early or whatever. We can criticize, but I'll tell you what, um, it was just very chaotic this week. Um, and in preparation for today, I went back and listened to my message where we broadcast uh, from different locations over the last two years for our, what I'm now calling our hurricane series, um, our annual hurricane series. And in 2016, when most of us had evacuated and we weren't sure literally what we were coming home to, um, we talked about hope that Sunday. And we talked about the fact that uh, in the midst of hopelessness, um, that we can trust in a God who can bring hope and who does bring hope and who did bring hope through the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Last year during Hurricane Irma, wherever you were, if you ended up staying or whether you evacuated, the thing that we focused on that Sunday was fear and anxiety and how God can alleviate our fear and our anxiety. Today, um, I, I didn't want to talk about those things because we kind of discussed them uh, over the past two years, and I kind of thought to myself, my goodness, if we have a fourth hurricane, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to even talk about because we're having so many hurricanes. I've got to come up with another, another message on hurricanes. But, you know, this week was, was really kind of defined by this idea of chaos and confusion. And how do we in our lives, whether it's a hurricane or whether it's disappointment because of a failed relationship or perhaps a financial situation that has gone terribly bad, Maybe a job situation that you didn't expect. Um, maybe you are dealing still with the ramifications and the results of these hurricanes from the past two years. Uh, what happens when there's chaos in our lives? And, and how can we find order in the midst of the chaos? What does the Bible say about 
the idea of finding order in the midst of chaos. Uh, Let's face it, this week we all dealt with a little bit of uh, hurricane whiplash. And and so how can we this week find order and and not go down the path of some of these um, emotions that come out of chaos like anger and frustration and cynicism and criticism and isolation and sadness and maybe even despair or depression? I don't think there's anyone in this world who uh, has chaos around them and has disorder around them that says, you know, I love when things are chaotic. Um, I don't think anyone says that. And so how do we as, as people, how do we as Christ followers, for those of you who are Christ followers, how do we find order in the midst of chaos? We woke up this morning and uh, it was, uh, he told me that I could share this. I asked his permission. But I went in and checked on Sean this morning. It's Sunday morning. It's probably about 7.30. And I went in to check on him. And he was, uh, he was getting dressed. And he looks at me and he says, Dad, how is it that it's almost 8 o'clock? Because he knows that um, 8 o'clock is an important day for him. Because that's when he has to be at school on a Monday through Friday. And I looked down and I said, Buddy, we don't have to leave as early as we normally do on Sunday. And I looked down and he was dressed in his school uniform this morning, fully dressed, ready to go to school because the kid woke up. And in the chaos of this past week, he thought, Oh my goodness, it's Monday morning, it's time to go to school. And I don't know about you, but that's the way this week has felt. It has felt just completely upside down. And so how do we find order in the midst of chaos. Well, the first thing I want to remind you is is that the Bible's clear about this. Paul is writing a letter to the church in Corinth, and he's very clear that our God is not a God of confusion. He says this in chapter 14, verse 33, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. And so with that in mind, where is it that we find from the Lord order from this chaos? Well, first and foremost, I think there are some three things that we can do. First and foremost is this. Order comes from chaos when we turn our circumstances over to God. I I think that sometimes in the frustration, whether it's the frustration of the chaos of a hurricane or whether it's the frustration of something that maybe in your life you've created or in my life that I've created, when there's chaos around us, um, our tendency is to seek help, is to search out help for someone to fix the chaos that's around us. I I love the fact that a few years ago when um, Hurricane Matthew hit, that there were so many who were part of Hilton Head Island Community Church who said, hey, we want to help put people's lives back together. Uh, we want to help clean their yards. We want to help get trees and limbs off of their roofs, the ones that we could do that. And there were so many people who were a part of that. And I hope that we can maybe provide the same thing for some of those uh, folks north of here who um, received devastation in the midst of Hurricane Florence. But, you know, we often, when there's chaos in our lives, um, we often will look to others for help. We'll look to the government to help us out. We'll look to um, maybe a friend to help us out. We'll go out and we'll find some source of help, but we so often miss the one who can help us the most, and that's God himself. 
the creator of heaven and earth, the one who put all order into place. Matthew 6.33, Jesus is reminding us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. Now, does that mean that once we seek God out in the midst of our chaos, that life will be perfect? By no means, that's not the case. In fact, Jesus promises us that there is going to be trouble in this world. But when trouble arises, when chaos ensues, when confusion is at our door, my encouragement and my challenge to you is to look to him first. That's what Jesus is saying. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. And so often in the midst of chaos and confusion, we're looking around, we're looking for others to help, and that's really good. And we're looking for other resources for help, and that's good. But I want to encourage you to first and foremost, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of confusion, look up to the Lord. The writer of Proverbs says this in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. If you were here today, I'd ask you to repeat the word lean because so often we lean on other things. We lean on something and in the midst of a hurricane when the winds are blowing and when um, the tide is rising and when the storms look ominous, we're looking for something to hold on to. And the writer of Proverbs makes it clear here that we can lean on God. Seeking and leaning in the midst of chaos is a great thing. But we need to remember that the first place we need to seek and the first one that we need to lean on is God himself. So my question to you today is, is what circumstances in your life are in chaos? What circumstances in your life are, are, are confusing right now? Um, what in your life needs to be turned over to God? What are some circumstances that you have that you've sought help from every other source, but you've forgotten to take to God? I want to encourage you and challenge you right now to take those circumstances to him. He's waiting there to help you. He's waiting to see you through. He's waiting there to guide you through the trouble that you may have and the chaos you may have in your life. Secondly, secondly, I believe that we miss this so often, and I'm the first person to miss this. The second thing that I think that we need to do to find order in the midst of chaos is practice self-control. Once we give our lives over to the Lord, once we give him those circumstances, order comes from chaos when we practice self-control. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. And I've had so many times in my life that when there's confusion and when there's chaos... I begin in this place of frustration or irritation. And then there's a slow burn that begins to turn into a little bit more of like a, a madness or an anger. And then all of a sudden, I don't know about you, but in my life, that anger sometimes turns into a loss of self-control. And God doesn't want us to lose control in the midst of chaos. 
He wants us to operate with love and with power. And he gives us the ability to do that. But we must practice self-control. We must be people who are are self-controlled. And here's the the thing that I've learned kind of the hard way about self-control. Is it something that is learned and it's something that can be practiced. You see, when we don't operate with self-control in the normal course of our lives, it's going to be very difficult for us to operate with self-control when crisis arises, when chaos ensues, when confusion is all around us. And so our problem is is that we haven't practiced it in the normal course of our daily lives. And so chaos comes in, crisis comes in, confusion reigns, a hurricane comes through and lays down a path in front of us and behind us and all around us. And all of a sudden, we have lost self-control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. And I want you to know today that if you're here, if you're with us today, not here, but if you're with us today, live streaming and you're a Christ follower, God has given you the ability to bring emotions and frustrations and reactions and responses under his control. And I want to encourage you to practice it in the normal course of your life so that when the crisis hits, you're able to initiate it, and to execute it. And so my question today is, where is your life out of control? Where in your life are you out of control? Do you have maybe little pockets of your life, little kind of corners of your life that are, yeah, just maybe really out of control? Like you would say, if really people saw this, they would see a complete lack of discipline, a complete lack of order, and it really is no one's fault but your own. Man, I want to encourage you to find those areas, to give those areas up to God, and to ask him for the power to operate with love and with power, but also with self-control. Don't you think it's interesting that he says there that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, something strong, and of love, and of self-control. There's no, no coincidence that those three are tied together because sometimes loving people around us requires us to have a power that can only come from the Holy Spirit. And sometimes having self-control in the midst of a circumstance that we've faced over these past few years in our area and that some of you that are north of Myrtle Beach are facing right now, it is going to take the power of God for you to bring what's going on in your mind and the emotions of right now under his control. So order comes from chaos first and foremost when we turn our circumstances over to God. It comes when we practice self-control. And then finally, I believe that order comes from chaos when we seek to make a difference. When we seek to make a difference. Uh, Perhaps one of the reasons why we are so taken with the results of chaos and perhaps one of the reasons why we're so affected by confusion and chaos when the storms of life come our way is because our eyes are always turned on ourselves because our focus is always on how we feel and how I feel and what's going on in my life and 
We're always looking at the effect that outside factors have had on us. And maybe, just maybe, once we've given our circumstances over to God, once we begin operating with self-control, then we can turn our eyes, not inward, but outward. And begin to look around us, because I promise you this, if there's chaos and confusion in your life, there's probably chaos and confusion in the lives of those around you. That's the way chaos and confusion works, right? I know that best. I cause most of it in my family. Usually, if there's chaos and confusion in someone in my family's life, it's because there's chaos and confusion around me. And I want to encourage you today, wherever you are today in your life, whether you're dealing with the results of of Hurricane Florence, or whether you're still dealing two years later almost with the results of Hurricane Matthew, or perhaps you've had a health crisis or a medical crisis, or maybe an academic or vocational crisis, or a relationship go bad, or maybe someone in your life has, has impacted the situation around you, and chaos is all over the place. I want to encourage you, once you've done those first two things, to look around and find out how you can be a part of the solution to the problem. There's a great passage all the way back in, in Exodus. It comes from Exodus chapter 18. And Moses is leading the people of Israel. He's got this whole nation around him, and he's been called by God to lead them. And so Moses would wake up every day, and he would meet with anyone who had any kind of conflict uh, with someone else. Well, in a nation of people that probably numbered into the millions, can you imagine what a burden and a responsibility that one person had to meet all the needs of those around him. And I love this story in Exodus chapter 18 because uh, Moses' wife and and his father-in-law kind of get involved in his life and uh, point out to him that, you know, maybe there's another solution here. And I want to read just a few verses from Exodus 18, 13 through 18 right here. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law, his name was Jethro, saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone? And all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another, and I make them known the statutes of God and his laws. Look at what he says in verse 17. Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, says to him, What you are doing is not good. I mean, this is pretty direct, right? This is kind of in Moses' face. And perhaps Moses needed to hear this. And we can talk about like a thousand things around this response from Jethro. But he says this in verse 18. You and the people uh, with you will certainly wear yourself out. For the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. And I love this passage because what Jethro does is he realizes that there's this chaos going around and that it's going to affect the leader and it's going to affect the people and one man can't do it all. And so he looks around and he helps bring order to the chaos that was going on. 
And if we continue to read, we find out that there was order that was brought to this. And Moses began to rely on other people uh, to, to help um, solve some of the disputes that were going on in the nation of Israel. Now, the reason I tell you that story is because I think it's a great example of someone who decided that they were going to look around and help solve a problem. And my encouragement to you today is, is that if you're in the midst of chaos, find out where you can get involved and help. Maybe chaos has come on you. Maybe you, you didn't want it. Maybe you didn't bring it about. Maybe you weren't the one that really caused what's going on. Certainly that's the case with Hurricane Florence, Tropical Storm Irma, Hurricane Matthew. And maybe once you've given your circumstances to the Lord, once you've practiced self-control, maybe now it's time to get your eyes off of you and look around and find out where you can help. There's a great passage in, at the end of Acts, and just a few months back, we as a church were going through the book of Acts, and um, they find themselves shipwrecked on an island called Malta, and um, it's actually uh, a bunch of prisoners and guards, and um, they end up meeting with some of the leaders of this little island and the governor there, and they end up bringing them to the Lord, and it's a great example, once again, of people who decided, you know what? We're going to be a solution to the problem. And so my challenge to you today is how are you going to be a solution to the chaos around you? What can you do to bring order to your current chaos and the chaos that you see around you? Once you've received help from the Lord, once you've leaned on him, once you've given your circumstances to him, once you've found that ability to rely on him for self-control, now what can you do to be a part of the solution to the problem. My prayers is that we as a church would always look for ways to help solve the problems of chaos and confusion, whether it's in our community or whether it's somewhere uh, nationally or whether it's someone internationally. Um, but if we don't do this on a personal level, we'll never be able to do it on a church-wide level. And so that's my encouragement to you today, is to find order because God is a God of order. And God wants to lead you to a place where you operate with love and with power and with self-control. My prayer for you today is if you're in the midst of the storms of life, yes, look to him for hope. Yes, look to him to alleviate the fear and the anxiety that we all had over the past few years. But my challenge also is that you would look to him to find order in the midst of chaos. You would realize that even though the storms are swirling around you, that he can be trusted. And part of the reason that he can be trusted is because we could trust him for eternity. He sent his son to die on the cross so that we could have victory and order over the results of sin. And I, I want to encourage you to find order from the one who can bring order to your life in the midst of the chaos that's going on right now. Father God, I thank you for the gift of technology that on a day when uh, it would have been almost impossible to have services, it would have been impossible to have services with so many of our volunteers and our staff team gone, with the uncertainty of Hurricane Florence and 
the possibility of severe weather even today, God, that we could be here today and, and be together as a church live online. And God, I pray right now in the strong name of Jesus for everyone who's listening, wherever they are. Maybe they um, just happen to jump on and, and they live north of here. They live north of Myrtle Beach and their world has been turned upside down. God, I pray that you would give them hope in the midst of their hopelessness, that you would give them peace in the midst of their anxiety and fear. God, I pray that you would help them to find order from chaos. But God, I pray that they wouldn't use the conventional wisdom of the day, that they wouldn't look first to all the different things around them. God, I pray that first and foremost, we, your people, when we're faced with chaos, that we would look to you, that we would rely on you to be the one who brings order into our world. God, I pray that we would also find in you power and love and especially self-control. God, I pray right now for those who are listening and whether their storm is a hurricane or whether it's some other circumstance, God, I pray right now in the strong name of Jesus that you would alleviate those emotions that lead them to a dark place. God, I pray in the strong name of Jesus that you would be the healer of those things. And God, finally, I pray that we would be people who would look around us. Once we've looked up to you, once we've looked internally to find that place of self-control, God, I pray that we would turn our eyes around us and find out where we can help bring order in the midst of the chaotic world that's around us. God, you never promise us that this world will be without trouble. In fact, just the opposite. You told us that there will be trouble in this world. But God, right now in the strong name of Jesus, I pray that you would remind each of us the words from Deuteronomy where, where you say that you will never leave us or forsake us. And God, that we would be able to confidently pray and sing this song. Thank you for being the God of the storm. And God, I pray that you would lead us and guide us from this place, wherever we are, in Jesus' name.